Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. With everything going on, we need to let the Bible speak to us in our soul and emotions. Join us as we take a look at what the Bible has to say about being emotionally healthy. Enjoy this week's message. I want to welcome all of you to our new series that I'm very excited about. We're going to be talking about something that I believe all of us need in this time more than ever before. We're going to be talking about the habits of an emotionally healthy person. I wanna welcome all of you watching online and welcome all of you that are here in the room. Uh, As we look at our world today and the circumstances and situations that we all face, um, I'm excited that this series can bring us some help. Um, It's really kind of new for me to be introducing a series and being connected in July. For probably eight or 10 years, I've taken a study break during July And uh, I say that only to tell you that maybe sometimes you feel like no one recognizes what you're walking through. Um, Pastors do. And I recognize where you're at. And so I myself am prioritizing our team, our church, you, speaking to you. I know many of you still online uh, have reasons to be online. I know some of you I've talked to personally that have maybe kids that are immune compromised or you're elderly or for whatever reason, we're all one family in different places on our journey, but I'm concerned. I'm concerned about our emotional health. And some of you may say, is that biblical? Should we even be talking about that? Is that like psychology? I thought we were at church. Actually, if you read the scriptures, you'll find that the Bible, Jesus, the message of scripture is concerned about it too. For most of what you'll find is a prioritization of your inner self over what's happening around you. You'll find God keeps saying, I wanna talk to you about your heart, your spirit, your attitude, your perspective, how you're doing. See, we're complex beings. We're mind, we're will, we're emotions, we're created in the image of God. We have all of this going on. And yet I find that a lot of people today are in need of some equipment to be emotionally healthy. I do want to celebrate something that um, I, I believe God is really happy about. And it's something that happened this weekend through you. I wanna say thank you to all of you because I am so honored to pastor a church that's action and solution oriented. Action and solution oriented. We have plenty of rhetoric in our culture today, but I think we could use a little less talk and a lot more action. Serve day is a day of action. We had in the middle of this global pandemic, we had 1,300 volunteers, we had people doing virtual service opportunities. I'm not in any way putting down people that are online or present, that's not my point. My point is that it was challenging this year. I wanna say thank you to Dr. Stacy Hatcher, our missions team, and all the people that led, because it was challenging. It was challenging, man. Even as of last week, it was like, man, we gotta kill that, we gotta stop this, what do we do here? Because we wanna keep everyone safe. So we had to adjust things and we killed about 40 projects. But we still were able to serve our community. We were still able to bring the life and the message and the hope of Jesus Christ to our community. 
and in multiple different ways. I'm always, I wanna, I wanna say this to you, I'm always amazed by all the things that you actually do. You're like, pastor, you're the pastor, shouldn't you know everything going on? No, like when we start leading into serve day, they give me a list of all this, I'm like, this is legit. This is crazy, man. I'm just glad to be a member here, much less the pastor. It's amazing. During this global crisis, you have fed multiple people. We have Evergreen Senior Center where we've taken groceries. We've stocked the community storehouse. Uh, there was a need with elderly people. There are many of you that have personally taken the responsibility for an elderly person and called them. And, and when you see, I'm gonna show you some of the videos. When you see their responses of thankfulness, some days I just needed somebody to talk to. I tell you, in 25 years of ministry, I've never had a season where more people had an opinion about what I should talk about. I'm talking. I'm talking about solutions. I've had meetings with multiple pockets of people in our church listening to their concerns. A pastor should listen. A pastor should care about any person that's hurting and where they're at, and I do. But I'm also concerned about people who get more excited about problems than they do solutions. I'm sorry, I'm on my soapbox. This is the hope for the world. This is the answer for what pains our society. People from every socioeconomic background, every generation, every race, every tribe, every nation, not just talking with one another, but serving with one another people that are different than them. And I'm proud of you. Because we had every reason this year to say, we just can't do it. But you did it. You did it, and I'm excited about it. I'm fired up about it. I'm pumped about it. We need more of this. We should have this on our feeds. We should send this as a text message to all our friends. Let's get ramped up. Like, Pastor, quit talking. No, this is what we should be excited about. And we're gonna keep doing it. And this is what I love about you, is you guys don't just talk, you act to help others. I'm gonna ask if you have your Bibles to turn with me to Luke chapter 17. I'm gonna look at verses 15 through 19, and yet I'm gonna tell you the whole part of a story. It's a story of Jesus. It's amazing how it meets us where we are. I'm gonna go to that passage, but I'm gonna go along the way to 1 Thessalonians chapter five as well, and I wanna talk to you again about some solutions for helping all of us that are struggling a little emotionally, because we all are. We're all in need of a little emotional help in this time. You're like, I don't need any emotional help. You need it most. Because we have different responses to different situations and this is not about navel gazing or becoming so inward that we're ineffective but it's also not about stuffing everything that's going on in our lives because we have to get emotionally healthy. I've been learning about fear the last couple of years. Fear is a powerful thing. It's not just a topic to be preached on, it's a powerful thing in our lives. And I'm not necessarily talking about fear of a virus or fear of, I'm just saying fear in general. And every one of us, the reason we're emotionally challenged is fear is rampant in our souls for multiple different reasons. Fear of what might be or could be or 
we have job situations, we have tensions, we have, we have all these different things, and I've been learning about it even before this in my own life. I learned this. This may not be a revelation to you, but it was a revelation to me. When I have an inordinate response to a situation, I'm motivated by fear. Anybody had anybody with an inordinate response recently? Ah! You're just like, I'm talking in your own house. I'm not talking in public. An inordinate response is generally generated by fear. The question is not, do we have that fear? The question is, what do we do to counteract it? Because fear is present in all of us. We all face it. But like, how do you get out of it? Because it's not whether you're going to get in it or not. You're going to get in it. How do you get out of it? How do you have a solution to the fear problem that's causing the inordinate response, and I, I could touch on anxiety, depression, all the different things in our culture, but, but fear is the one I want to kind of talk about. And I think we're struggling with fear because we've thrown something out in the middle of all of this. We've been throwing a lot of stuff out. My neighbors have just, it's like the, the, the garbage pile is huge. Like, if you're, if you're a person who likes to resell items, just start driving the streets, man. There's good stuff, you know what I'm saying? You just pick something up. We're just throwing away everything during this whole time. It's just amazing, right? In my house, I have all girls now because my son moved out and he's working at a church in Oklahoma and going to college, and so he's not here even this summer. So I got a girl-dominated television and uh, they control it all the time, right? And so this week, this week, they're, they're, they're introducing me to new shows. I don't know these things. Did you guys know we have a show where we watch people pop pimples? I'm fascinated. Really, seriously? We're going to watch them pop other people's pimples? I mean, it's amazing. Now we got one where we watch people get their fungus toenails pulled off. This is real life, people. And the one that my daughter got me in, she says, Dad, you gotta watch this, was a show about people that hoard. They're just hoarding stuff. I mean, they just start hoarding and hoarding and hoarding, and I'm like into it like 10 minutes. I'm like, I feel depressed. I'm doing something else, man. This is getting depressing. And then they talk these people into throwing stuff away. Now, that's my strength. I'm telling you right now, I'm a thrower awayer. We get into stuff at the house, man, let's downsize when we move, which is from the devil, but every time we do, brother, I'm on the throwout committee. I'll start throwing stuff away, I'll throw homework away, I'll throw a kid away, I'll be just thinning out everything, you know? It's just like, let's just throw some stuff away. Right now, a lot of people in the process of throwing away, they've thrown away, their gratitude. They've thrown away their gratitude. The first step to being emotionally healthy is to be grateful. It's fundamental. It's foundational to the Bible, by the way. It's fundamental to our relationship with God, to the way we see the world, to the way we walk out of relationships, to the way we are emotionally healthy. Gratefulness is fundamental and it's foundational. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says this. I've preached this passage on Thanksgiving for years, but man, we need it now. 
Like this is like so basic, but so powerful. The reason we have fear is we're looking for what can I count on? Who can give me the right information? Who's right? Are they right? Are they right? Who's right? Everybody's looking for who's right. What can I depend on? Because once I find out the right information to depend on, I won't be afraid anymore. And I've been asking God, what's your will? Well, here's one thing we know is his will. Give thanks in all circumstances. Not for all of them, but in all circumstances give thanks for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I don't have to list I believe if you're listening to me, there is some level of interest into what the Bible says and what God says and what his opinion is, so you probably wouldn't be listening to me if you didn't have some interest in it. I realize not everybody's bought into that understanding. I am. I am. I believe God knows us better than we know ourselves. I believe he knows our future better than we know our past, and I believe God knows how the human psyche and the human motions work. But even if you're not convinced of the Bible, I could list a litany of documented data from secular psychologists to counselors to teachers to anybody on the planet who would say relationships are better, marriages are better, friendships are better, everything in someone's life who is higher on the gratitude quotient is better. It's just, it's just just the way it works. Now that didn't come, I believe, from just someone stumbling upon a bunch of data. I believe it's the way God designed the world to work and the way he designed our emotions to work. So I love studying any passage in the Bible, but as I like to say, I always love to let Jesus preach. You know, Jesus, the main one in the story, I always love when Jesus preaches because he's powerful. He's the best preacher that ever lived. And so I began flipping through some passages this week and looking at some of these passages. And again, this is one that I really like. And I realize it, it actually, this is the power of the Bible. It's living and active. It not only meets you at the level of the thing you need to understand, it also meets you in your context. It will touch you where you live. And so I went to this passage because of the concept of gratefulness and then realized there's also a lot of things just related to where we're at today because Jesus lived in a day where there were complex issues and challenges. We a lot of times as Americans think that the whole world started with us. No, this world that these people lived in in the New Testament had complex challenges, had divisions, had all kinds of things going on. Let's look at what Jesus was dealing with. He's on his way to Jerusalem. I'm gonna read and put on the screen 15, but let me give you the backdrop. He's on his way to Jerusalem, but he goes along the border of Galilee and Samaria. The Bible's saying something about Jesus there because Samaritans were not interacted with by Jews. There was a division there. And the Bible's making a statement, as it did multiple times with Jesus, where Jesus went, engaged with, loved people different than him. So that's what it's saying to us. You may not know that's what it's saying. That's what it is saying. So he goes to this border with these people that no one would associate with. He goes over into that place, and then he gets involved with a group that are the least associated with. The people that have a disease called leprosy. There's 10 men with leprosy. And I wanna be very clear. I am not in any way minimizing the people that have died from COVID-19. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. What I am saying is, 
There were severe challenges in Jesus' day, and leprosy was bad. It was bad. I mean, it was a debilitating death sentence that defigured your entire body. They were put in colonies to be placed separately. And it wasn't just a disease that you had a disease. It was a stigma attached with it that there's something wrong with you spiritually if you have it. And Jesus runs into 10 men who have the disease. And the Bible says they stayed at a distance. There was social distancing in Jesus' day. Come on. (laughs) So they're over there. And they say, Jesus. And they cry out to him for mercy and He does something which I love because it's so my understanding of how God works in our lives. He says, go talk to the priest. Now, there's something being said there as well. You go over to those people over there, and with this stigma, you could perceive, it could be perceived that, you know, you don't talk about the fact that you've got this issue, so Jesus is pushing them to be open and vulnerable and As we all know, the first step to getting emotionally healthy is to also be able to do some assessment of going, how am I doing? Go to the priest. And as they go, very powerful to me, as they go, did you know most of the things God does in your life is as you're going toward the last thing he told you to do. The last thing he told me to do, I'm going that way. Don't really know if I'm going the right way, but I'm just going the way he said. And as they went, they were healed. Look what it says in verse 15. One of them, though, when he saw he was healed, he came back. He came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and he thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. The Bible's saying something. The one you look down on, the one that you look like is different. No, that one actually is the one who actually has the heart that I'm after because I don't judge on the outward appearance. I'm judging at the intentions and the character of the heart. He came back. He was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, we're not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? How no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner. And then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. I read this story as a kid in the King James Version, in the King Jimmy. Come on now, any King Jimmy people. The only Bible that God wrote, the King Jimmy. It says in the King James Version that when Jesus said your faith has impacted your life, he said it has made you whole. It has made you whole. So maybe here's a little thought. While you're seeking God for that need you have or that situation you have, he may meet it. But he may have greater intentions for you than just meeting what you temporarily think is your biggest issue. He may actually want to make you whole. Spirit, soul, body, mind, will, emotions. He may want to make you whole because 10 were healed, one became whole. One got whole. One was made whole, which is a powerful, powerful thing that we see here. It's all about gratefulness. It's all about gratitude. That's the emphasis of the story. Gratefulness, gratitude, 
thankfulness, come back and praise him, come back and say thank you to him. I know in our lives it can elude us. We can throw it out. We can forget about it. We can, we can start experiencing the impact of not having it before we realize that we've lost it. Can I be transparent with you? If you're a business owner, if you're a teacher, you're a parent, you're married, all of us, we've had some difficulties in this season. Can I be transparent for you for a minute? It's been hard for me. It's been hard as a pastor. Everything about it has been hard. I've had some days, I had crazy thoughts. And what I've had to do is center myself back on gratefulness. Maybe I could just be real practical for a minute. You say, what do you do, pastor? Sometimes I just have to take a walk with Jesus. <laughs> Sometimes I just have to take a walk, say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for caring about me. Thank you for accepting me. Thank you that you're a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Sometimes your friends misperceive your intentions. Sometimes people you love, Jesus never does. He knows your heart, he knows your motives. Sometimes you just have to say, Jesus, I just wanna say thank you. Thank you for my wife of 25 years who I love. Thank you for my kids. Thank you for the people of our church who love you, who love people. Sometimes when you get in my position, all you get to deal with is all the problems. And you forget that there's thousands of people who love each other, who love God, who love what God's doing. So I have to say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for my enemies. Thank you for my critics. Oh, this is not easy. But thank you, Jesus, today. And I want to tell you today, maybe this can be an impartation for you. Because your soul will lie to you. The devil lied to me the other day. He said, you're not going to make it out of this storm. I said, you need to get six feet away. <laughs> Maybe it could be an impartation for you to just take a little gratitude walk, take a little gratitude drive, take a little gratitude moment, take a little moment to increase the gratitude of your heart and it'll bring healing to your soul. You say, I wanna hear more about it, Pastor. Okay, what happens when we choose gratitude? Number one, we get closer to God and that brings health to our emotions. I don't know about you, but some of you may think, well, he's the pastor. Isn't God like on a hotline for him? Like at all times, he just picks it up and hears everything crystal clear. It's not true. All of us have moments where it's like, God, where are you? I'm trying to sort this out. And here's what I wanna tell you. When God feels a little distant, when you feel a little bit afraid, when you feel a lot afraid, when you feel anxious, here's the way into his presence. The way into his presence is gratitude. Because, some of you may not know this, this is the fundamental way that we have relationship with God is this understanding that we have a lot to be grateful for. We were all enemies of God. 
We were all separate from God. We were all distant from God. We all didn't deserve him. We can't do enough religious acts. You can't do enough to perform to be accepted by him. We were separate, distant, and more broken than we realize. More capable of more pain than we realize. And God comes down to where we are through the person of Jesus Christ. And he loves us and he saves us. This is the story in the message of Jesus. And every time you anchor yourself back to, I'm so grateful, I'm so grateful that I've been not only forgiven, but I have the chance to be made whole. And get this, I'm included in your purposes. I'm included in your family. I'm a part of what you're doing in the earth. What that does is it's the basis, it's the basic basis for your relationship with God. So when he feels a little distant, you come back to that story, to that experience, and he gets closer. Number two, we're able to access peace. I really thought about this point. You know, as a pastor, putting points together is challenging, right? You have the concept you wanna talk about, but you really wanna make sure, I'm just, I'm not talking generally about this. I'm trying to help you specifically. And I really thought about this access to peace. We've all needed it. The question's not, are we going to get afraid? The question's not, are we going to have it? But what, what the real challenge is, do you know how to access your way out of it? Not that if you're going to be in it, but how do you access peace? Everyone's talking about peace. I preach on peace. Betsy's singing to us about peace. Why is everybody talking about it? Because we need it. We needed it before COVID-19. As a culture, we didn't know how to access it before it, much more now. How do you access peace? And the problem is, it's contrary to our modern culture. We access in our culture today what we want via a fast mechanism. I remember, and I know this makes me old, I remember sending my first email was on Baylor campus. Brandy and I were dating and distant. She was in Weatherford. I was in Waco. And one of my buddies in the dorm said, dude, you got this account, man, at the library on the library computer because none of us had a personal computer or a computer on our phone. Only real powerful people with Commodore 64s had one. And they're like, you can go to the library, dude, and send this thing called an email. I'm like, no joke. So I got a little help from the librarian and I got Jeff Little at Baylor.edu. And I emailed my girl, you know what I'm saying? I was waxing eloquently up on that thing. Man, no telling what all powerful stuff I was saying that I'm trying to live up to now. She's like, write me some more of those letters. Come on, everybody. And I mean, I remember and you send it into the bisco. I hope it went to her, man, because I mean, I said some real stuff on there now. Just, I sure hope it went to her. You know, I could have went to anybody. But it's amazing, man. I sometimes just ask Siri, just, I just want to know about this. Is it the end times? Can you tell me? You know, just some wild question. Just Google it. So we, we have just an instant way to, now we're not always looking to the right sources, but we have an instant way. And, and here's what's problematic about peace. There's some hard work involved. There's some, there's some accessing involved. There's some components involved. There's some telling your soul you're lying to me involved. There's some pushing back 
that's involved. And one of the best passages of scripture, I know it's a basic one for some of you. I, I've used it, you know, as pastors, you're like, I think I've given that one this year. I don't know. We may need to give it every week. I feel like a football coach, like Vince Lombardi. This is a football. Like we got to get back to some of the basics. Not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition. Okay, preacher, you're telling us that we're anxious and depressed and all this stuff, and we need to pray more. We knew you would say that. We all struggle a little bit with prayer, don't we? If we're really honest, like we struggle a little bit to get in that zone where we feel like it's really helping us. I have a, I have a list of things on the back of my phone. I have a prayer card. I've showed it to you before. Here's something that I'm learning here in these moments right now for emotional health. The prayer and the petition, I want to tell you about this God, and he's okay with it. But I'm talking about where you access peace. With thanksgiving, with gratitude, thank you for this, this, and this. God, I'm praying about this because this isn't right where it needs to be, but I need to make sure that I've got with thanksgiving while I'm talking to you about this. Present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Here's number three. We gain stability in our emotions around gratitude. Gratitude is a stabilizing force. It's an anchoring force. It, it, it grounds you to not the false things in your head, but to the true things about God's faithfulness in your life. It keeps you from making unwise decisions in a moment of fear and panic. I want everybody listening to me right now. There's a friend you may need to send this to. Unprecedented divorces, unprecedented things. Look, hear me on this. Never make a massive life-changing assessment and decision in the middle of the period of crisis and emotional unhealth. Never. Once COVID-19 is over, just take that with you. It's not the right time to make massive assessments about the people in your life or the situations that you're in. It's the wrong time to do it. But let me tell you what'll stabilize you. Hebrews 12, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. We, we, we were translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. And because now we are sitting under the rule and the reign of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who last I checked has not gotten off of his throne. He is still ruling and reigning over his kingdom. And if you're not part of that kingdom, you should be scared. But if you're under that authority, and you've already bowed your knee to that king, then you're living in an unshakable, unshakable kingdom. And you have confidence. So what does that do? It says, let us be thankful. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. We're all gonna face it. We all experience it, every one of us. But the question is, how do we get out of it? How do we move forward? I'll give you one more little thing, just a little thought, and I'll pray for you. You know what I do when I get discouraged? <laughs> I call somebody more discouraged than me. 
I spent the whole day Thursday calling pastors, just encouraging them, just saying, we need you. We need you in this hour. Don't quit. Keep loving your people. Don't let the critics and the people that sit in the stands who don't do anything anyway but just talk, don't let them be the loudest voice in your life. Keep doing what you do. Keep a steady hand. Stay humble. Learn. Listen. Love. Be the hands and feet. Be the representation of Jesus. I just started calling them up. My wife was with me. I drove. I called them. I just started calling them and encouraging them. Don't quit. About two o'clock in the afternoon, I called my friend, Kendrick. And he said, get emotional about it. He said, thank you for calling me. I woke up at 4.30 and I've just been sad. I've just been sad. I've been sad. You say, why is he sad? Because he's been navigating. He's been loving. He's been dealing with all these different massive issues and doing a fantastic job at it. And he's been dealing with it with his own personal challenges. He said, I just woke up sad. I said, well, don't quit, man. Don't quit. His church is still closed down. Still closed down. A pastor man needs to see his people at some level, even if it's like five people in the audience. It's closed down, but he has cancer. He has cancer in his neck. He started having neuropathy issues. And he didn't know what it was. And he went to the doctor. They found a tumor in his neck and he did radiation treatment and it burned his vocal cords. And then he got out of that and then COVID-19 hit. He's been struggling through it. And he found out that the cancer hasn't spread, but they're gonna have to do chemo. I said, don't quit, man. I'm praying with you. I said to him, I said, tell me something I need to know. Do you know what? You can learn a lot from people that are suffering, people that are struggling. Tell me something you want to tell me, Kendrick. He said, I want to talk to you about gratitude. I said, that's good, because that's what I'm preaching on this weekend. He said, I've held on to something my wife said when they told me I had cancer. We sat down together, and she said to me, she looked me in the eye, she said, when they say you have cancer, the things that really matter in life come into clear focus. <sighs> Some of you may be fighting cancer. I fought it with my dad who passed away in October. If you're fighting that, then we're praying for you. But maybe you're not fighting cancer. Maybe you're fighting job. Maybe you're, maybe you're just fighting. Maybe you're just struggling. Maybe you're pushing on the wrong things. Maybe somehow you've lost your gratitude for the people that love you, the people that care about you, and you've got misperceptions and false perceptions about those very people. And I'm going to tell you something. You get a big enough problem, it all comes into focus. A lot of what you're so angry about, not you're saying, well, is that, are you talking about my issue, Pastor? No, I'm just talking about in general. God needs to focus us as we bring solutions, as we address problems, 
as we walk through these issues that we're dealing with, as we walk through this global thing, if we'll maintain a spirit and sense of gratitude, it'll keep us healthy to tackle the right enemies, to tackle the right situations emotionally. Let me pray for you. Some of you say, I struggle with gratefulness. Well, when you receive Jesus, when you know that on your best day, you could never have access with God, when you recognize that you are a person who has missed the mark and you need Jesus, on the day Jesus comes inside of you and saves you, on that day, you have a moment from now on to be grateful, to rejoice. And I believe maybe there's some of you, maybe some of you watching online and you're just like, I I don't really have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've been religious, maybe you've never. Jesus loves you. He died for you. You say, what do I do? We talk about a prayer, but really it's about the heart. And all you have to do is say, Jesus, here I am. Come into my life. I've missed the mark, I've messed it up. But I believe you died for me on the cross. I believe you rose from the dead. Come into my life, become my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that prayer online, I'm gonna ask you, if you have a prayer request, if you prayed that prayer, text that number on the screen so that we can serve you and help you in your steps. But I wanna pray for all of us right now, every single person. I'm praying for myself. Lord, let the gratitude quotient, Lord, let my words today, would you help me, Holy Spirit? Would you help me? Go beyond just words and Bible passages. Would you illuminate a transferable adjustment in our hearts and lives? May you let in every home, in every business, in every friendship, in every relationship, in every church, Lord, let the gratitude quotient go up and heal us. Heal us from the inside out. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out by texting us at 817-406-7470. Our team would love to pray with you and help in any way that we can. If you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.